You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott, or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda, whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. Uh, you mentioned the Michael Cole and his takes on it, his uh, article that he wrote for the commercial appeal. Let's go ahead and bring the Michael on and see uh, what he feels about it. Let's hear it from the man himself. He is, of course, the Grizz's beat writer for the Commercial Appeal, co-host of Locked On Grizz, and he joins us now. The Michael Cole, what's going on, brother? What's going on, guys? Uh, excited to join, man. Love, love the things y'all are doing. Man, appreciate you. We said you got the, the joins on the background. We know you are a sneakerhead. Uh, I'm sure you go to Sneak Fest and all those type of things that, uh, that happen here <laughs> in Memphis. You, have you ever been to Sneak Fest, real though? Yeah, yeah, I've been okay, I've been yeah. to Sneak Fest, man. I, you know, I, I grew up standing in the lines, you know, outside the Nike factory off uh Shelby Drive over there, you know, mm-hmm. uh fifth grade before the first day of school, five in the morning, standing in line, you know, trying to get the new Jordans. Man, or I can't get the new Jordans, just trying to get a you know a sixty dollar pair of Air Force Ones when they usually cost one twenty. So mm-hmm. yeah, for real, man. But yeah, that's something we joked about in our last podcast. We'll come back to the Grizzlies, of course. But we joked in our last podcast about how the city of Memphis is the sneaker game and buying shoes, buying Nikes here in the city of Memphis is totally different because of the employee store. It's having this huge uh, hub here uh, of, of distribution warehouse here in the city of Memphis with the employees. What do you think the buzz will be in the city of Memphis for this particular uh, job and rent, job one shoe that's coming out this spring? It's gonna be it's gonna be huge. I mean, it, it really is. I've talked to to people who literally uh one person told me at a city here that they're already getting asked about the shoot. Mm. Like before before the even the announcement came out from John Morant, mm-hmm. they're already, hey, dude, when do y'all get John's new sneaker? He's like, Man, they haven't, haven't, even, seen the they haven't even made an announcement. <laughs> right. Like mm-hmm. that's that's the level, you know, it, it, it's on right now. And just talking talking to people even on the national level i think everyone has the idea even people in nike are saying you know they're not worried about the memphis market when Mm -hmm. it when it comes to you know selling of job sneaker i mean it's you you mentioned memphis being a big nike hub already and then i mean it's 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 going to be levels you know when i was in san francisco i was at the at the warriors uh you know when they were playing the warriors right you know Mm -hmm. Steph curry basically has reshaped under armor basketball under armor was football you know no one thought of under armor in the basketball like like that until Stephen curry kind of like shifted that a little bit more so when i was out there in san francisco it just was interesting you know walking around and you see all the trainers they all have on curries they all have on curries you go mm-hmm. you go uh you know on the floor a lot of people are wearing curries and it's like you in memphis you don't see a lot of curries i mean and mm-hmm. it's under armor so it's completely different from nike so this isn't as much as comparing the two you know, players and their sneakers, it's more about, you know, the love that he gets, you know, in San Francisco. And it, it I mean, it looks like his shoe is huge out there. I'm sure it's going to be even that level and possibly even more for Job, being that he's with Nike, you know, arguably mm-hmm. the biggest, you know, brand there is. How, how do you think the Michael will compare, you know, 
once there we're years into this, will it will it compare to the success of of Kyrie's brand of mm-hmm. a guy you've written about, Penny Hardaway's, you know, brand? How, how high will this thing get? You think with Josh Star so so seemingly be? It can be that because you look at what he's doing on the floor. I mean, I, I joked in that first game, like if he completed that dunk, oh, if oh he yeah, completed that dunk, they, they were going to have to do the they have to do an early release, like the next day. Yeah. Like, because, uh, I mean, he, he can be that. He has that that natural flair, you know, like the ability to make those highlight plays and things like that that are going to make people think, oh, it must be the shoes, you know, like like it was, you know, with MJ back in the right. day. And here's another thing I thought about. You think of the greatest sneaker, you know, signature shoe guys there have been. Allen Iverson. You remember the Allen Iverson and, and Jada Kiss yeah. connection? Mm-hmm. Uh, Penny Hardaway. Everybody, I mean, I grew up hearing about Lil Penny in barbershops all the time. So Lil Penny uh, with, with Penny Hardaway, you think about Jada Kiss with Allen Iverson, Michael Jordan, Spike Lee. Spike Lee Who's yes. going to be that that marketing connection with Ja Morant? I think that's a big part of it. If if Ja gets a, a Jada Kiss or a Spike Lee, or I mean, it might, it might, it might be simple. It might just be Moneybag Yo or somebody. You know, mm-hmm. it might be just someone in Memphis or, you know, you Nike is is creative with that stuff and what they do there. You know, you mentioned Kyrie Irving. I think a big part of Kyrie's thing, and and this was a Pepsi thing, I remember, uh, if I'm correct. It wasn't a Nike marketing thing, but the fact that Uncle Drew kind of took off around Mm -hmm. the time that he was getting his signature shoe kind of helped Kyrie Irving as well. So he had the, you know, the Uncle Drew brand and then the other guys, Jada Kiss, you know, Lil Penny, Chris Rock for uh, Penny Mm -hmm. Hardaway. Uh, Jaws going to need something like that. You know, if he gets, you know, someone else, you know, maybe some big comedian or a rapper or, you know, whatever it is that can kind of personify what he's doing at Nike, then it's it's no ceiling on what he can do. Right. I'm not saying I disagree with what you're saying, because I definitely I definitely get the impact of what you're saying of having that other icon to kind of escort him along as he goes. But Jaws also the thing that may be a little different about Jaws is that Jaws has a lot of flair as far as his personality is concerned as mm-hmm. well. He does well in front of a camera. Cause I was totally shocked when he did the Spider-Man commercial, the the, <laughs> the acting chops he kind of showed. You know what I mean? So, you know, Penny had Lil Penny because Penny wasn't the best actor. So that little icon kind of speaks for the celebrity. For all we know, Jock could be a guy who may could be able to carry his own, you know, uh, thing as far as that goes. I definitely agree with you on, with that for sure. Uh, just a piggyback question, kind of behind what Jason was saying about the 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 gravity and the the how big the shoes can be. Um. Do you think that Josh Shue, because with the Kyrie Irving, a lot of players in the league wear Kyrie's. You know what I mean? A lot of guys wear KD's. Could you see, do you think Josh Shue is going to blow up to the point? Because you don't see a lot of guys wearing the Giannis shoes. A few bigs in the way, wear them. I know that Tillman wears them. You know, you got a couple bigs in the league to wear the, the Giannis is whatever. Do you think Josh is going to be, Josh Shue could be the shoe for the, the flashier guards? You know, the young guys coming into the league are going to have want to wear Josh Shue. I don't know if you know much about the mechanics or the technical part of the shoes, but do you think his shoe is going to be a shoe that a lot of guys are going to want to play on the court? Mm-hmm. Uh, he has a he has a built-in advantage. You 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 mentioned Giannis, but if you just even just with big men in general, since you know Kevin Garnett, Shaq, Charles Barkley, David Robinson, those days, mm-hmm. big big men's shoes just don't do well, right? You know as well anymore. I mean Joel Embiid, Under Armour. You know I was in Philly and. I mean, just being honest, I had I talked about Steph Curry in Philly. I mean, Steph Curry in San Francisco. I mm-hmm. had people in Philly telling me, "Hey, his shoes 
you know, they sit around for, for days, you know, right. <laughs> before, you know, it's it's not the same. Mm-hmm. But you combine the Nike brand with John Morant's, you mentioned it, the flair that he has, you know, the excitement that he plays with. Uh, I think a lot of players are going to to eventually wear his sneaker because you, you mentioned the technicalities of it, right? So he was wearing a low-cut sneaker. Mm-hmm. Uh, historically speaking, when Penny, uh, Michael Jordan, all those guys were coming through, high tops, mids were kind of what players gravitated to. A lot of players didn't wear low-cut. It was thought that low-cut sneakers, you know, uh, more ankle injuries and things like that. Yeah. But now you're seeing more players since, you know, Kobe Bryant, uh, Kyrie Irving, you know, Kevin Durant, uh, those guys, even LeBron's latest release. The LeBron, yeah, LeBron even got away from the Miz. Exactly. LeBron mind, is, is releasing that LeBron 20. And a lot of people are saying this is his best, you know, one yet. So, and it's a low top. So mm-hmm. low tops are the thing now. Players are, you know, gravitating towards those, especially guards. And you mm-hmm. factor in, it's a guard-driven league right now. Think about guys coming in the league, you know, Knicks, you know, behind these guys, like a Scoot Henderson, you know, possibly, yeah. where, you know, the jaw ones and things like that. Yeah, players, if you even look at what Nike said in the release, you know, right, about, you know, jaw sneaker, it's made, you know, for, for the quick cutting type of guys uh, to withstand, you know, uh, you know, type of withstand like hits on your ankles and things like that, mm-hmm. uh, hang time, gravity, all those things were factored in to, you know, the design of the shoe and just the physical standpoint of it. So, all of that kind of leans towards the guards, and it's a guard league right now. So I think, yeah, a lot of guys could potentially wear a shoe, and you know, it's it's going to be a good opportunity for them, you know, to kind of be one of those guys. You mentioned Kyrie mm-hmm. Irving, Kevin Durant, Kobe. Uh, those are guys, you know, the three most worn shoes in the league right now. So he could definitely be, you know, in that conversation. I know my eight-year-old, my eight-year-old, the Michael can't wait till them things come out. And <laughs> he, he was on them Kyrie's, and it just feels like there's that place, especially with those little kids, you know, in that $60 range that the, just every kid in camp had Kyrie's on. I just feel like those jaws, you know, at that little oh, kid yeah. range, 60 bucks for the kids, 110 for the adults. That's just, you know, in Memphis, of course, but I think yeah. nationally it's going to sell, sell, sell. This episode is brought to you by Saks.com. At Saks.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. We're talking to DeMichael Cole, uh, Grizzlies beat writer for The Commercial Appeal uh, he is kind enough to join us. Our first guest. Yes, sir. Our first guest. A great honor. Our first man, my first guest on the radio show was Tubby Smith to Michael. So oh, you're, you're, oh. yes, yes, yes. I yes. like that. I like that company. Big, like big shoes, a Hall of Famer. First yeah, guest on the radio show. You're our first guest here on Grind Season. So let me turn you to the Grizzlies. Obviously, uh, had won seven in a row, now lost four or five. Been reading you, been trying to figure out what's going on with this team in terms of the biggest issue right now to Michael. And you look at this little streak where they've dropped four or five. What is it? I think right now, the biggest thing you, you can point to is, is probably the shooting. You, you mentioned, Mm -hmm. I I heard you mentioned earlier, you know, uh, Ja, Ja, uh, you know, they've been overly reliant on Ja uh, saying that was a good point because the thing about it is in the last two games in particular, I noticed that Ja has scored over 30 points, but in both of those losses against the Suns and the Warriors, 
only one other player has reached double figures. Yep. Wow. Like it wow. it's it's not a lot of you know help. I think two games ago it was it was Dylan Brooks. And then, you know, in this last game, I think it was I forgot who it was, but only one player in both of those mm-hmm. games reached double figures. So with that being said, uh they need help. You know, Ja, he he says it all the time. Hey, I like to get my teammates involved. I'm sure, you know, it's not even his preference to to score you know, 30 plus points. He's like the type of guy he'll do it when he has to. And think back to the first game Desmond Bain, you know, got back in the win against the Suns. When they blew out the Suns by 25 points, Jolly had 12. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jolly had 12 points in that game. And when I went in that locker room after the game, he was probably the happiest dude in there, you right. know, talking about Des being back and kind of just wanting to feed him the ball and things yeah. like that. So that's more of his personality. I said a lot of times, a lot of people really don't know uh, how pass first he actually is, you know, so uh, that's part of it. But at the end of the day, it kind of correlates over to the next point about the shooting. The Grizzlies in this last game against the Suns, the Suns were hot, but they gave up 17 threes to the Suns. Yep. The Grizzlies made eight. If you look at the difference between 17 and eight, again, they lost this game, 125-108, lost by 17 points. That's a nine three-pointer gap. That's mm-hmm. 27 points that the Grizzlies are trying to make up you know, in other ways. And that's that's tough no matter how good, you know, I talk they're the most dominant team in the paint. Since John Morant has been in the league, his rookie year, the Grizzlies led the league in paint scoring. They did his second season. They did his third season. And they're right on pace, you know, to be up there right now in his fourth season. But the thing is, teams are are basically disrespecting them from beyond the yard. You know, I was in the, the Suns locker room and they were basically saying, yeah, that, that was we wanted to collapse in the paint. We know that they do a lot of their damage in the paint. We want to take that away. Mm-hmm. And when Desmond Bain shooting 0 of 4 on three-pointers, when Ja, uh, I think he made 3 of 10, but no other player in that Suns game made multiple three-pointers. Dylan Brooks only took one. He made it, but you need you need more. I yep. mean, when the Grizzlies shoot better, mm-hmm. we, we, Taylor Jenkins talked about it at the beginning of the season. He said the goal this season was to shoot more three-pointers, and they're doing that. But at the end of the day, you still have to make more, yeah, too. you got to make them. So they're putting themselves in a tough spot. Like uh, when you – another team makes 17 threes and you only make eight. I mean, it's, I don't care. You you score 60 paint points. It's, that's a big that's a big difference. All right. um, when you look at um, the comments that came from J.J. Reddick earlier this week, I'm not sure if you saw it or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think I saw him about the, yeah. about the free throw shooting and right. – uh, yeah, I mean the yeah. fouls. The yeah. fouls. Yeah. He said mm-hmm. that his he said the issue with this Grizzlies team is they have two guys that are like all league defenders and Dylan Brooks and Jaron Jackson Jr. He said, but the thing that that's very uncommon is that those guys also foul like out of control. Like the the foul numbers are insane for those two players. Uh, how much how much do you buy into that? And do you think that that's something will always be with those two guys, or is it something you think that over time, um, even this season, you can see uh, a change in those guys this year? I mean, yeah, I think that's one of those things. It's kind of it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's to me, it's not the biggest issue though. But but mm-hmm. I, I get what he's saying because you know, if that's something you want to improve, then you, you I think you need to shift your attention somewhere else. Because Dylan Brooks will straight up tell you, I'm gonna use my fouls. Like <laughs> he, he says this. So yeah. expecting Dylan Brooks, like he's the type of guy, you know. I, I heard Josh say it once before, but I know Dylan Brooks thinks like this too. There was one game earlier this season. I think Ja didn't have a foul in the first half. So early in the second half, he was kind of hacking a guy. He didn't yeah, get caught a foul, but he was like pressing up on him, half mm-hmm. court, full court. The ball bounced out of bounds. And I'm like, Ja's really, you know, like all over him. So after the game, he was like, I didn't have a foul. 
So, you know, like I was trying to get a foul. He straight up said, I was trying to get a foul. That's mm-hmm. Dylan Brooks. Like he's going to, he, he will tell you he's going to use his fouls. Dylan Brooks talks about physicality all the time. Remember it was a couple games ago against the Bucks. I, I asked him, you know, about Chris Middleton. And he basically said he doesn't like to be physical. You know, that was his response to guarding, you know, Chris Middleton. So he, mm. he loves to get, you know, get up into a guy's chest. He's going to use his fouls. So with Dylan Brooks, you got to take it or leave it. Like he's not about to, you know, uh, change that. And then with Jaron, I think actually with my eyes, I've seen, I think Jaron Jackson has actually improved his fouling. If you look over the last couple games, you know, he's been in foul trouble a little bit. But before that, For the he season, was down yeah. to 2.9 fouls per game before these last two games. That was, I think his lowest was last season when he went down to 3.5 fouls per game. And then every, and then before that, he was at 3.8. So he's been declining steadily up to this point. But still, you know, 2.93 is still three fouls per game. That's still a decent number. But the way the Grizzlies play defense, they, of course, the goal is to stay in front of their man. But, you know, John Morant, he's smaller. He's going to get beat off the dribble from time to time. The Grizzlies... You know, they're aggressive. Dylan Brooks, aggressive defender. Those guys are going to be, get beat sometimes. And quite frankly, I think there's a comfort level. You know, you can argue if that's a good thing or not. Because I I remember John Conchar when he was talking about when Jaron Jackson Jr. comes back about how you can just funnel guys in the direction of Jaron, basically saying, hey, uh, if Jaron's on my right side, I'm going to guard him to the left. And if he goes right, I don't care because Jaron's right there. So, Sometimes you see that, and and with those situations, yeah, Jaron will get five blocks, six blocks, but he'll also get four fouls, five fouls. So they, I think, at the end of the day, if you want to see Jaron foul less, they got to do a better job of standing in front of the ball and just, you know, uh, demanding, you know, just demanding, being more prideful in those one-on-one matchups. But I think there's kind of a like, if he beats me off the dribble, I'm going to go ahead and rotate over here. I got Jaron behind me. It's, it's cool, like. I feel like that's more of the mentality, uh, not in totality. Like Dylan Brooks, he hates getting beat off the dribble. You know, right. I'm sure Ja doesn't like it either. Ja has actually been better defensively this season. Uh, but overall, I think that's why those two aren't going to, you know, change. Uh, their, their, their foul situations won't change much. If they do, it'll be minimal because uh, Dylan will tell you, look, I'm using my fouls. And Jaron, he just gets put in a lot of situations, and he's aggressive. Jaron gets dunked on because Jaron will challenge anyone. He's mm-hmm. not the guy that's going. You saw in the Suns game, Dwayne Washington was under the rim when yeah. Jaw when Jaw was about to catch the alley hoop, and that man took off like he was running a, a hundred meter dash. Like he he took off. Jaron would have challenged that. So you know, it comes with you know the way that he plays as well. Demichael, you know, having having read your piece and and seeing what Dylan Brooks said, we know we know the Grizzlies aren't going to stop talking. It's it's mm-hmm. part of their it's part of their their DNA. But in terms of the way teams are responding to that, Dylan Brooks uh, said in a, a quote in your piece that you know we're freezing up this year when teams talk to us. H- have have you noticed a difference in terms of the way mm-hmm. they respond to trash talk back? And 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 if so, why would that be different, Demichael? Why would you think that'd be different this year? I, I think uh, y'all kind of talked about it a little bit earlier, but the thing about the trash talk and stuff like that, John and Dylan talk more than anybody on the team. Okay. Mm-hmm. We, 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 all, we all know that. Uh, I remember it was after the Suns win, when they beat the Suns, 125-100, I was in the locker room, and I was talking to John about, you know, when, when Dylan was talking to Torrey Craig, and he basically said, you know, look, 
DB knows anytime he's talking to someone, 12 is going to be right behind him. That's how those dudes are. What about the rest of the team? Dez, I, I, you can say Dez is the guy who told, you know, LeBron James last season about the footsteps. I'm not worried about the footsteps. Dez will mm-hmm. be, you know, his share of his talking. But he's he's more mild-mannered, I'd say. But he's going to do his talking as well. And then, you know, Jaron Jackson Jr., I don't think he's the biggest talker. You know, he actually kind of backed up John Morant, you know, after after this most recent loss against the Sun. He was basically uh, saying after the game that, hey, you know, uh, we – as a team, we pretty much all feel that way. Mm-hmm. But he was saying, look, I don't I don't get into the headlines and the stuff like that. He basically was saying that, you know, anything John Morant says is going to get magnified. So I think that's part of it as well. But it's who else is going to who else is willing to stand on that same ground. Right. John Morant, Dylan, they they're going to talk and and they're going to be ready. You know, Dylan Brooks said coming into this Suns game, he's like, I, I won't be booked. Cause he ain't scoring 50 on me after, you know, book had the 58 point game. He was like, he ain't scoring 50 on me. So <laughs> that's him and John, you know, that's, their personality. Yep. that's not true. I, I remember Dez saying, Dez was like, look, they'll say it probably more on the public airways, but we all believe that. So I think that's part of it too. But then again, like you said earlier, like a lot of those guys probably was just like, okay, well, you got to go back it up now. Like they're our teammates. They said it. Now we just got to go back right. it up. Well, again, uh, we have DeMichael Cole with us uh, from the Commercial Appeal. Join us, our first ever guest on Grind Season today.